The following program has been paid for by Warwick Valley Financial Advisors. Welcome to From Wall Street to Main Street. This morning during the program, your hosts Mark Lang and Ken Fort may discuss specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These concepts are for general discussion only and are not designed as specific advice or recommendations. Financial planning and investment planning is offered through the Private Advisor Group, an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Morristown, New Jersey. Securities are offered through LPL Financial and Charles Schwab, members of FINRA and SIPC. Private Advisor Group is a separate entity from LPL Financial and Charles Schwab. Investments involve risk, including loss of principal. Always consult a qualified advisor, attorney, or tax professional prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. And now, here are the hosts of From Wall Street to Main Street, Mark Lang and Ken Ford. Good morning. I'm Ken Ford, one of the founding partners of Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, and I'll be your host today. In the next half hour, I'll be helping you become a better investor by giving you valuable insight into how the markets and Wall Street really work. I hope you can benefit by becoming a better investor in order to secure your financial freedom. At Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, we specialize in financial planning as well as investment management. We are located in the Clock Tower building at 65 Main Street. If you want to give us a call, 981-7300. If you want to call into the show, you could call into WTBQ. The number here is 651-1110. Well, good morning. And over the last couple weeks, if you've been listening to the show, I've been really discussing markets, and they've been a little volatile with the S&P 500 and Dow Jones dropping about 7% and then really recouping that over the last two to three weeks. But I was just kind of talking about investment portfolios and rebalancing them, going from what has done well and really looking at what has done poorly. And my advice was what Warren Buffett always says is be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. I started discussing how investors were running away from really bonds because interest rates were rising. They got scared of losses that might occur in the bond portfolio, as well as gold. Gold had one of the worst years last year, but that has turned around year to date. In 2014, those two asset classes are outperforming stocks by a wide margin. And if history repeats itself, that might continue. But today, I wanted to change topics and get into something else that's very valuable for individual investors out there. And it's really how to choose the best financial advisor. And one of my colleagues, a buddy of mine that is in a number of different networks and coaching programs, a little mentor programs for financial advisors, he wrote a book uh, a year or two ago, and I want to discuss that book today. And it's a very catchy title. It's called Fire Your Broker. That will get uh, you to pick it up and start to read it. Fire Your Broker. And it's really about choosing the best financial advisor. And I think that's probably one of the most important steps you could take as an individual investor is try to find the right advisor for you that's the right fit and make sure that you know who to stay away from. So Kelly Campbell wrote this book and really what he started out doing is giving, I guess, his reasons to why to fire your broker. And then he he gave some questions. If you're going to sit down and interview someone like myself, uh, a financial advisor, and you want to figure out if they're the right fit for you, he gave some questions. So first, I want to get into the reasons why he feels that you should fire your broker. And I think a lot of these are valid. And maybe I'll elaborate on some of this. But this is in the book, Fire Your Broker. It could be found on Amazon. I think it's 
probably worth the money if you're going to outsource your financial planning as well as your investment money management to one of the, my colleagues or professionals. So the first reason to fire your broker, you always have to initiate communication. Your advisor never calls you. So if you sat down with a financial advisor and he sold you some financial products or, uh, on stocks and bonds and mutual funds and you never heard from him again, that may be a reason to go look for another financial advisor. The second reason, your advisor constantly trades your account making great commissions but not good returns for you. Yeah, if you're compensating a financial advisor on commissions and he's basically churning your account day after day, making commissions for himself, and the bottom line is he's not making money for you, yes, you should probably fire him and go seek some other advice. Your advisor or office staff constantly makes mistakes. So if they're constantly making mistakes in your account, that probably leads to a little incompetence on their side. You know, this early in my career, I had this problem. I was working with a firm in the clearing company one day. <laughs> I had a client fully invested, I don't know, 20 or 30 different investments. And I, as I do every day, I come in and I check uh, the history and any transactions that might have occurred that week, checks that went out, wires. And I see all these trades in an account. And I said, why did all these trades happen? And they liquidated one of my client's accounts. I didn't liquidate it. Someone did, and I called the back office and asked them why, and they said, oh, we, it was the wrong account number. And they liquidated all my clients' accounts, and the client got confirms, and they had to correct them, but it was a disaster, and it wasn't my fault. It was the back office. So I ended up leaving that particular clearing company and moving on because I felt they were incompetent. But if that's happening um, when you're dealing with a financial advisor, you should probably look to deal with someone else. A couple other reasons. Your advisor has a meeting with you, but does not listen to what you say. It's really important to follow what the client wants. You know, we're just here to guide you to make the right decision. You're the one that's supposed to decide what's right and wrong for you. So if he has already determined what's right and wrong for you in a preset agenda that you were going to come in and he was going to basically put your money wherever he wanted to put it, your money, regardless of what you wanted, well, maybe he's not acting in your best interest. We have to develop portfolios constructed around you, your risk tolerance, what your goals are, what you want your money to do, not what we want it to do. All we can tell you about is what these products are designed to do, monitor them for you, and make sure they uh, achieve your financial goals. But if he wants to sell you something or she wants to sell you something, you might want to look elsewhere. A couple other reasons. Your advisor makes changes you did not agree to or actually says no to. So if you told someone not to do something and they do it, well, you probably not only have a complaint about that financial advisor, you should probably seek another one. So there's a word in our industry. It's called discretion. If you set up a managed account uh, with a financial advisor and you give them discretion, meaning they can do what you discussed and implement that plan, but they don't have to call you when they're buying an investment. Uh, if they want to rebalance the account, you gave them discretion to do that. If they were going to sell out of one investment and buy another investment, you were going to do that uh, on a discretionary basis. Well, you have to sign a paperwork to give them discretion. And if you haven't dis signed that paperwork for discretion, it's illegal 
to trade in a client's accounts without their permission. So if they are trading your account without their permission, um, you definitely have a complaint. You should go somewhere else and probably find a better financial advisor. A couple other reasons here. Your advisor typically calls you with ideas that fill his pockets and cost you money. That gets back to, I guess, the first one is he's making money for himself and he's not making money for you. Your advisor has a poor track record with the FINRA SEC or has a number of formal complaints. So in my industry, if you're a registered representative, you can go to FINRA's site and do a broker's check. Any financial advisor that you're going to deal with basically has a record, kind of like a police record, whether or not you got a clean record or a tainted record. You could go there, go to FINRA, broker check. You put the name of the financial advisor in, what town he's in, his record will come up. It will tell you everywhere he worked and if he had any complaints. And if you see a multiple complaints of churning and uh, unsuitable recommendations, that's probably not a financial advisor you want to deal with. So majority of financial advisors are listed there. There's some that are called RIAs that aren't listed, but majority of financial advisors you're going to work with do have a track record there. So before you hire that financial advisor, you should look at his track record. Uh, another reason, your advisor wants to put all your money into one product that pays a high commission. So if they were going to drop you all in one basket, so to speak, remember that saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket, diversify your portfolios. Asset classes do have bad years, so you don't want all of your money to have a bad year at one time. That would be a large drawdown that you may not recover from, especially high commissions. A financial advisor, when he's sitting down explaining these products to you, should give you the pros and cons and also the costs. What is he being compensated? And I recently had a prospect come in the office, and the first thing I'd say is, this is how I'm compensated. And there's only three ways to compensate a financial representative. You can pay them commissions. So if you buy and sell a particular product, they get paid a commission. You could work on that basis. I, I chose not to. We're a fee-based financial advisor service, and there's a reason for that. But you can work on commission with the majority of uh, my colleagues that work on commission basis. You can work on a fee basis, which is a percentage of your asset. You're paying 1% to 2% uh, normally for the amount that money you have under management with that financial advisor. And also, there's per hour uh, consultations that you could do. You could come in to my office, sit down, pick my brain on some financial topics that you need to discuss, and you can pay an hourly consultant fee, it's typical, uh, similar to what you would do with a lawyer. So if you need to sit down and have divorce advice or something else with a lawyer uh, and other professionals, you, you can pay them per hour. So they're the three ways you can compensate a financial advisor. But get upfront how they're going to, how you're going to pay them for their services. So there's three different ways. Uh, another, your advisor is more interested in your money rather than you are and is not interested in your goals. So he's interested in making your money his money. Um, that is probably not someone you want to work with. It's funny that Kelly, he doesn't put his top 10, he puts his top 11. So this is the 11th. Your advisor pressures you to decide to make the decision quickly. It feels like you are being sold a timeshare. <laughs> If anybody's ever sat down and had a time set, you know, you go to these hotels and they offer you a free dinner or some type of reward if you sit through this timeshare presentation. That is probably the most 
painful presentation that I've ever been through. It's the what we call a hard sale. So if you're sitting there with a financial advisor and he's giving you the hard sale, there's no reason, there's no urgency that you need to buy this product. And if there is urgency and you haven't done your due diligence on the product, you have to do your due diligence before you buy this particular product from the financial advisor. And if you want to go home and think about it, Fine, that's, that's your priority, uh, prerogative. You can go home and think about this. Don't succumb to pressure. And if they're trying to sell you on something, you're, it's probably not the right guy. He's a salesman. He's not an advisor. You don't want to work with that particular person. So uh, this book that Kelly wrote just was kind of like a Bible for advisors or individual investors to figure out what to do and what not to do. So as soon as I saw that he wrote it, I, wa- I had to read and said, is there anything in here that I'm doing or not doing? And I went through this, and this is really a blueprint for financial advisors to follow, as well as for individual investors to figure out how to, how to hire a financial advisor. So I want to continue discussing this book. So we're going to take a short break, and I'll give you the right questions to be asking when you're interviewing a financial advisor. Success. It can be measured in so many ways, but success has its price. As your wealth grows, life doesn't get simpler, it gets more complex. The more you have, the more you're exposed to losing it. Now, more than ever, you need to rethink your strategy of how to navigate through the risk and reward of wealth. That's what we do. We provide financial advice for people who want to protect and grow their money. Our reputation is built on a long track record of working with people who like to succeed. People like you. We define your goals, review your assets, analyze your needs, provide recommendations, implement execution, monitor and track your progress online. If you want to secure your financial future, let us show you how. That's our job, and we do it well. Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, located in the Clock Tower at 65 Main Street, 845-981-7300. Some people would call him a loser. He ran for state office. He was beaten. He started a business. He failed. He ran for Congress. He lost. He was nominated for vice president. He lost again. But he knew only those who never tried are the real losers. And Abraham Lincoln was no loser. Persistence. Pass it on. A message from the Foundation for a Better Life. Hi, I'm Mark Lang with the Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, co-host of From Wall Street to Main Street. Do you know if you'll have enough money to live on during your retirement? At the Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, we listen to your goals and review your entire situation so we can craft an investment strategy especially for you. Planning is what we do, and we do it in a language you can understand. For a free consultation, call us at 981-7300. Hi, this is Alan Fernandez. Join me at the Jazz Getaway with Miles Davis, John Coltrane, and Duke Ellington and more every Sunday at 7 p.m. on WTBQ. Good morning and welcome back from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm your host, Ken Ford, and today we are discussing uh, a book that 
I recently pulled off my shelf and read again, and it's called Fire Your Broker. And it's really a guide to hiring a financial advisor. What you need to know before you sit down with a financial advisor. So if you picked up this book and you were interested in outsourcing your financial planning or your investment management, I'd highly recommend reading this book before you did it. I think if you go to fireyourbroker.com or just put that into a search engine like Google, you will run across uh, Kelly Campbell's information. And that's exactly why he wrote this. He put a blueprint out there that he follows. And I've met Kelly a number of times at these mentor programs, coaching programs. He's an LPL financial advisor, and I meet him at the national conference. And I sit down with him, and I try to pick his brain of what he's doing. But what I feel is he is doing the right things as a financial advisor for his clients. And what he did is constructed a book that just outlines what we should be doing for our clients and the right way to work with clients. And if you read through this, hopefully you are working with a financial advisor like Kelly um, that follows best practices, what we should be doing for you. So he gave us, I talked about the reasons why to fire your broker. And if anybody is doing that in your account, as in churning your account, not having your best interest at hand, just go into a couple websites like, you know, cfp.com. Find yourself another financial advisor. If you want to sit down at our office and go through this and we'll discuss and educate you on what you should know about working with a financial advisor, just give us a call at our office, 981-7300. We're located at the Clock Tower, 65 Main Street. So towards the back of the books, he gives, he gives a little summary of the right questions to ask. And this is the right question to ask yourself, is if you're working with a financial advisor, does your advisor know what your investment objectives are? So if he's gonna take your money and invest it in a manner which he feels fit, does he really know what you're investing your money for? Are you trying to save for your college education? Are you trying to save for retirement? Are you trying to save for a new house? You know, obviously you have to invest your money differently if you're going to buy a house in a year or two or you're going to retire 20 or 30 years down the road. So your investments should be more conservative if you're talking about the house and maybe more growth orientated when you're dealing with retirement 20 or 30 years down the road. How many clients does your advisor personally serve? So in the first interview with a financial advisor, that's one of the questions you should ask. How many individuals do you serve? How many do you advise? Because throughout my career, I've worked at a number of firms, and there's some old-timers that have been there, and they have 500 clients. Think about that. How do you serve adequately 500 clients? The number that I've been taught through a coaching program was you can really pay attention to maybe about 100 families. So I adopted a philosophy of only accepting a limited number of clients per year for the benefit of my current clients. Why do I want to waste all of my time going after new clients when I really should be paying attention to my current clients? So that's a question you should ask a financial advisor before you hire him. How many clients do you work with? And he should know that number right off the top of the head, and that will give you a better uh, indication of how much time he's going to spend on your particular situation. Another, is your broker a stock picker trying to find the next stellar performer? Or does he have a comprehensive 
system for choosing investments and making portfolio decisions? Is he just shooting from the hip? I don't know if I'd want to turn over my entire retirement money to someone that is just stock picking. Now, if you wanted to dedicate, I don't know, 5 10% of your portfolio to stock picking and maybe a little bit more aggressive trading, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. But if I was going to turn my life savings over to someone that is just a stock jockey riding the next hot pick, I don't know if I want to take that risk reward. Because if he is not good and he loses my money, I may not retire. So I would prefer to have a diversified portfolio. And as I've been discussing on the show, rebalance my portfolio into things of value and maybe away from things that have done extremely well that may be paused to pull back. I think that's a better plan than picking the next hot stock. So that's a question you should ask. What is your advisor's criteria for adding new clients? How many new clients do they add per year? So if you're someone like myself that does a financial plan and then they put together an investment uh, strategy, it normally takes two, three, maybe even four weeks to work with that client to do the financial plan to uh, put together an asset allocation model that fits them. You can't add 10 new clients a month if you're doing something comprehensive like that. We only add one or two clients uh, a month at Warwick Valley Financial Advisors because we sit down there, we do the plan, we do the asset management. That takes time. So what is the criteria for adding new clients? What type of clients do do you work with? And you want them to really work with someone like yourself. You have to be their ideal client or else they're not going to pay attention to you and you're not going to get the advice and service you need. Does your financial advisor account minimums? So what type of minimums does he accept? Now, there's not a lot of people that, you know, there's some people that need help that don't have a lot of money, but as an advisor, you have to have account minimums. You just can't take every single person. You're going to be bogged down and not give quality service to that particular client. So one of the questions you want to ask is, do you have an account minimum? Who do you work with? How much money do they have? So that's another great question. The other thing is, how is the advisor compensated? That's probably one of the most important questions you can ask a financial advisor. Is he fee-based? Is he commission-based or both? Does he work on an hourly basis? Um, Does he only get paid commission for the products that he sells you? And is it at a conflict of interest to you? That's a question you should ask. Is your advisor sufficiently risk and tax conscious? So how much risk is this current financial advisor putting your retirement portfolio at? If the market was to do a Lehman Brothers, how much money are you going to lose? Or what is your drawdown in your portfolio? That's a great Uh, question to ask a financial advisor. If I go with this portfolio, what is my worst case scenario? So that you don't exceed your risk tolerance, because that's what I've witnessed during Lehman Brothers. Well, Lehman Brothers was the best opportunity I've ever seen for um, gathering assets. But if you wrote your portfolio down 50%, you were scared to buy anything at the bottom, and that's exactly what you should have been doing, but you didn't know the risk your portfolio was at. So if you went down 50%, you were probably 100% in stocks, And nobody told you that if you're 100% stocks, you could go down 50%, but you can. So a number of these questions, does he have a clean track record? As I said, go back to FINRA. You could find everybody's track record. 
Um, will your financial advisor keep in touch with you and call you at specific times? Uh, does he have an investment policy statement of how he's going to manage your money so you can reflect back on that every year? This is what I said I was going to do. This is what I did. This is how you worked out. That's what you should be doing on annual reviews right now. Here's the benchmark. Did we keep up with it? So when you get a chance, if you're going to hire a financial advisor like myself and come down to our office on Main Street, 65 Main Street, the clock tower building, we offer free consultations. But before you come in my office, before you go in any financial advisor's office, pick up this book. Actually, I'll send you a copy of the book. Fire your broker. Call my office, 981-7300. I'll send you a copy of the book for free. That's how important I think this is. Have a great weekend. I hope you learned something. I hope you're a better investor, and we'll see you next week. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Hi, I'm Mark Lang, co-host from Wall Street to Main Street. Do you like what you hear on our show? Does it make sense to you? If you're serious about planning for your future, we want to help. At the Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, planning is what we do. We help people set goals and build a customized investment strategy unique to them. So call us today for a free consultation at 981-7300. You'll be glad you